0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Word Podcast. I'm Chris Hout, AIM coach, and this is episode 140. The Weekly Word Podcast is an ultra-endurance resource. In the Weekly Word Podcast, I discuss what we can do in order to achieve our ultra-endurance outcomes. Most of this discussion is applicable to most any endurance athlete, and I have found that the topics my athletes ask me about want me to discuss or explain in more depth, are what most ultra-endurance athletes are interested in as well. That's really what started this podcast. We talk training, nutrition, recovery, sleep, strength, strategy, balancing daily life, mindset, and the curiosity with what the endurance lifestyle unleashes within us. Why it resonates so deeply with so many of us. I try to share and educate on how to reach an outstanding fitness level, maintaining a strong mind, and mental resilience that comes with it, as well as overall health in the form of nutrition, sleep, and recovery. I also try to deliver advice, observations, and tips for you, the listener. But beyond these specifics, I believe with outstanding fitness and good health, we also reach a certain happiness and gratitude with ourselves and our daily lives. We feel connected and alive. Our body is working at a healthy, vibrant capacity and this makes it makes us feel fulfilled this in turn makes us better people spouses partners parents co-workers friends citizens etc we are more patient observant accepting and tolerant when we are healthy fit and feel good about ourselves simply put it is about bringing forth the best current athletic version of ourselves. Healthy in body grows to healthy in mind and soul. This surely radiates outward, making all of those around us feel the health, joy and happiness as well. And although this podcast is primarily geared towards the athletes I work with, I hope the discussion and insights from this podcast goes way beyond that. That is my goal in coaching, to help others become fit connected and happy in their daily lives, unlocking athlete potential to maximize their own performance with confidence that it will bleed into all other aspects of our lives. This, in turn, is described as unlocking human potential. Today we have Emily back on the podcast to discuss nutrition, one of the key components of being an athlete, how we fuel ourselves every day, Not during events, not during training, but how we feed and fuel ourselves every day in regular nutrition. So often, the athletes I work with want to train more or do something novel, new kind of training, yet they often overlook nutrition as an immediately effective component to improving their performance. We will surely touch on some of this today, as well as what might be the most important in these current times. How lifestyle changes regarding nutrition can dramatically improve our overall health and once again using this stoppage time in order to kick out better than we entered. Who do we want to be when we kick out of this current crisis and how can we use this time to effectively learn and grow in nutrition so that we are better, smarter, stronger, faster in a few months when the world speeds up again. We dive into a very important aspect of all this and most of our conversation revolves around this infrastructure this framework this scaffolding of what does lifestyle mean regarding nutrition so please enjoy this conversation with emily and i know her sound quality isn't that great i don't have a real studio so i apologize for her sound not being as strong and present as mine but i think You can hear all the important aspects and details of her voice as we dive into this conversation. All right, Miss Emily, it's nice to have you on the podcast again. Um, We've been sort of having this discussion for the last few days on when to fit this podcast in. And despite me talking about it last week, that we were going to try to fit it in on Friday, life has been getting in the way. And with four disinterested teenagers at home with regards to what we're doing like keeping it down or printing in the middle of a podcast
1: sharing wi-fi
0: (laughs) yeah um we were looking for a window to get this nutrition conversation going and as you heard in the introduction that i just talked about this is more a question of A discussion that we want to have that we avoided or that the athletes that we usually come into contact with you working with many of my athletes as well as your own clients that how to uh, or how to make lifestyle adjustments changes. So when you think about lifestyle adjustments, we'll probably first want to define what that means and how how we sort of see that because you and I talk about it a fair amount. (laughs) in our free time and also once again how to use this time of quarantine this time of being at home this time of less travel this time of adversity to our advantage and how as the theme of the podcast has been going for the last few months how we can kick out of this better stronger healthier fitter smarter um, more durable and nutrition playing such a huge role in that because it is truly a unique time to be able to focus on that
1: yes I think one of the things that we've been talking about from day one of this happening or my concern or observation you know obviously I've spent the past many years um, focused on health and nutrition and lifestyle changes and am aware highly aware of the statistics and chronic disease and the overall health of Americans and what has concerned me or what I've said from the beginning, people with underlying health conditions. In America, it's no surprise that we have the highest numbers of COVID cases or deaths, which I think we're finding out many reasons for that result. But in general, the health of Americans isn't good overall, and I firmly believe that there are a lot of little things that we can all do without having a degree in nutrition or understanding all the ins and outs. There are a lot of things that we can do to start improving our health and using this time of cooking at home and not, being, not traveling and eating out at restaurants all the time gives us a really good opportunity to see how those little changes in our food intake Um, The quality of our food can have an impact and come out of this on the other side more aware of the quality of those little changes and how they can make you feel and how when you do reemerge and your cooking habits and eating at home and noticing how you feel better eating wholesome, clean foods and having control of the quality of food that you eat may change your habits going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, we all know that life is going to speed up again. Um, we don't know what that looks like, but it will speed up again. It always will. Um, that day is coming and where life gets busier and faster and we run of our, out of hours in the day and the convenience of eating out or the importance of travel and business meals and eating out and seeing clients again. We all don't know, of course, wh- what that will morph into with regards to business but it will come again Mm -hmm. and avoiding i i should correct that let me take it back a step as i was mentioning i was not disappointed that's the wrong term but i was sort of surprised that none of my athletes in our zoom call and our discussion really dove into the lifestyle choices and so maybe we take a moment to understand or describe what we feel lifestyle choices are and to me lifestyle choices mean you know that we're making a conscious decision on what we're putting into our body and how we're integrating that into our daily habits with regards to the food choices uh, what we're purchasing with regards to when we're eating during the day with regards to how mindful we are with eating not that it's some sort of meditation aspect, but that it's that we're just aware and paying attention that we think about cooking and food as a family affair, as a time to get together and to exhale and to turn off all the other things and just use it as a sort of daily mini celebration. In many ways to, for me that I see food as a lifestyle.
1: I'm not that surprised that athletes or general population doesn't want to look at the whys, especially athletes, I think, are used to being given their training. Tell me what to do and when, and I'll execute it. And they want food to be the same way. Tell me what to eat, how many of this and how many of that. Tell me when to eat it, and everything will be fine. But the difference with food is it comes loaded with emotions and habits and mindlessness. You know, I was talking to a group last week and you know relating eating food to the workout if you you talk often to athletes about how to execute their workout and to get a if you go out you call it exercising you go out mindlessly without being aware of what your intention what your purpose what your heart rate um, what your pace what your watts depending whatever kind of workout you're doing if you go out mindlessly, you're not training, you're, you're exercising, which is, has its time and place. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with people that are doing it that way. Um, but food is the same way. When you eat, not being aware of the calories, the composition of your food, um, the amounts you're eating, you're, you're not taking care of yourself that being mindful of what you're eating, and that comes with practice, that comes with food logging or journaling or reading labels or sitting down at the table and having a portion of food in front of you and being aware of what a proper portion is. Um, And these are small things that I think can have a huge impact and building that awareness around like I said, what you, what you were eating, how often you were eating, how much you were eating, how you were eating. Are you chewing your food or are you just inhaling your food? Does your body register? You know, digestion has a process and it starts when you see your food. Your mouth starts to water. The enzymes start to be created in your mouth to start breaking down the food. If you don't take time to actually look at what you're eating – and chew the food, you've skipped the first couple steps of digestion. Um, So your digestion is going to be affected and therefore your absorption, and therefore your body sometimes doesn't register that you're actually satisfied with what you ate because your body doesn't even really know what it ate because it didn't have the proper steps. So therefore you keep eating in hopes to be satisfied, but the more mindless eating you do, the less satisfied you are and it's just this process. So people want to be told what to do, how much to eat, what to eat, but they rarely want to look at the roadblocks and what gets in the way and the tiny little processes because that's boring. Just like many athletes don't want to spend time in zone two, right? They well, don't want to do, they want to skip that step. They want to go to the fun stuff. And I nutrition is the same way. Tell me what, give me something creative, make me eat certain tell me exactly what to eat on a daily basis whereas i find of course that you need some example of what a healthy day is or what your food should be comprised on but at the end of the day you still have to be aware just mm-hmm. like you can tell them a workout you can tell them what should be comprised of but if they're not aware themselves there's no way to execute the workout
0: yeah and when we say athletics as a lifestyle right like back to the lifestyle description um It's when you have intention and purpose and clarity and why you're doing what you're doing and you think about it prior to doing it, right? So when we say fitness and endurance and what we're doing here is a lifestyle to us, it's because we don't just show up at the gym, do 45 minutes and leave. We call it a lifestyle because we think about it from when we wake up in the morning to when we go to bed at night. That's why it's a Well, lifestyle. It's a
1: scheduled part of our day, exactly. just like, you know, the meetings with clients or, mm-hmm. you know, helping my kids with homework or whatever it is. It's a, it's a part of the day. It's not a, and it's
0: it's not it's a some, choice, frankly. Yeah. And it's, it's one of our priorities for yes. the day. It That's becomes a priority in our day. Like we say in this aspect so often in the three-legged stool, but there's work, there's family and personal life, and then there's... our our self-care and so often overlooked is nutrition is a huge component of training in every intro of this podcast i talk about the components of being an athlete it's the training it's the strength it's the recovery it's the sleep and it's the nutrition
1: well that's i mean the nutrition and the fitness or exercise whether you're training or you're exercising whatever Mm. physical movement they go hand in hand so you Mm -hmm. can't have a fully healthy body if you you could eat perfectly but if you have zero movement and you're you know a couch potato or you know very sedentary you you're not going to be overall healthy
0: you're getting sick
1: and um,
0: despite eating perfectly yeah and yeah. i
1: feel like a kind of example of that right now yeah. after 3 months of yeah. um not training there's been eye opening things that have happened Um, to me Mm -hmm. over the past three months Um, but likewise you can't have a perfect training training plan and race execution if you don't have the nutrition piece it's the fuel yeah Um, it's the foundation so you know again we've talked about in the past you can maybe get away for a certain period of time with you know good athletic results and a shitty nutrition plan but it'll catch up to you one way or another and same with your health you can eat well but not exercising will only get you so far so the nutrition and exercise and or training whichever you're doing they they have to go hand in hand there's you can't skip it
0: i want to touch on that though because it's interesting you say that we are constantly talking and training to become a new normal, right? We we train a little bit more. We have that adaptation only from a physical sense right now. And you achieve this new normal. And like you were just saying, you can probably get by with addressing nutrition for only so long. But that also happens because we get to a new normal and the needs and the requirements and the ratio of how important nutrition is goes up, right? So the fitter yes. we get, And the more we create a new normal with regards to training volume or distances or effort or or we're continuing to individualize and crystallize the training plan, the more important that ratio, that percentage of importance nutrition becomes because this is getting so fine-tuned that nutrition will catch up to you. You can't create a new normal to that.
1: No, but I I have a couple of thoughts running through my head as you say that I... One, I think, yes, your physical demands are going to require different nutritional demands,
0: higher quality too, like uh, more thoughtful, higher quality, better awareness.
1: Yeah, but I don't want to ignore the mindset of, well, I'm not training a lot; it doesn't matter what I eat. Mm-hmm. I'm just exercising. This is it. Doesn't it's Still, the body still requires good nutrition, whether you're, you know, exercising thirty minutes a day or whether you're training three hours a day. Your nutritional needs obviously go up because you're putting more output. Yes.
0: I'm Um, just saying the, the not the needs in regards to quantity. I'm talking in ratio that the importance goes up. The importance of nutrition goes up because as you are getting fitter and your body is adapting and absorbing the training better and better, the quality of fuel Going yeah, into the engine, it's going more. Is going to be more important. It's it's not as important within a dumpy old thirty year old car. What well kind of if you're putting eighty five octane in it or ninety? A finely tuned sports machine, you put in eighty five, it's gonna sputter and run like shit, right? Mm-hmm. So similarly with that. The other part there is well, you, you keep clarifying too is. The athlete's mindset, what what we talk about, what I talk about so often on this podcast, doesn't necessarily have to come in perfect training. It can come in quality nutrition. It can come in quality sleep. It can come in quality recovery. You don't always have to prove yourself as an athlete or validate yourself that you're an athlete by just training really well. You can also be an amazing athlete that trains less, but has improve the other areas of being an athlete mindset strength nutrition sleep if you have to drop one or let's say because of life circumstances whether it's right now or in other circumstances you have to do one less let's say training is usually the one we freak out about the most of doing less you can in that time up your nutrition quality or awareness or education, you can up your sleep, awareness, quality, education. And so it's a great time to take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I still want to follow up on I feel like we went down a little bit different path there. (laughs) I want to follow up on the, you know, you can exercise or train for a period of time before it catches up with you. And I just want to say that's, you know, partly because it takes a little while for the depletion whatever to catch up with you, right? So if you're performing and training and you're doing well um, for a period of time on a lot of carbs, processed foods, whatever it is you're eating, the sugar and, um, you know, you can last for a little while until the triglycerides and the cholesterol and the, you know, nutrient depletion catches up. Then you start crashing and bombing and that limit is going to be different for everybody.
0: And would you say... That oftentimes, or when you see it, whether you're working with that athlete or not, do you see that they tend to blame other things or look in other areas versus their nutrition yes. on well, they why don't they're know no longer happens. performing? I exactly.
1: think it's the training. They probably come to you first. Something's wrong with my training. It's
0: either I'm overtrained because I'm feeling tired, depleted things, or I need to change the coaching or the training stimulus because mm-hmm. I'm not feeling it. Whereas it could just be... As simple you've as?
1: depleted yourselves because you trained for five years on processed foods and yeah. sugar, yeah. Um, and even though you just changed your habits maybe two weeks ago, it may not have <laughs> yeah. it may not have all settled in just yeah. yet. Yeah, that you spent years getting yourself there and into that you know hole, and it's going to take a little bit of time to climb out of it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah I mean that's what I say when uh, even from a fitness standpoint, it takes years to get yourself that unfit or destroy your aerobic energy system by doing anaerobic stuff it's going to take some time to rebuild that system so yeah i
1: just don't think there's ever a time that nutrition and quality nutrition is important
0: so what was it about lifestyle that my athletes didn't really address i guess that's the main question i want to answer of In this time, how is our, and lifestyle is also our relationship with food and nutrition and our emotions around it and our willingness to be vulnerable, to try different things, to expand upon our palate, to explore and be curious about different things. And I guess that was part of what was missing when I was talking to my athletes on the Zoom call that none of that came up. It was all about...
1: They brought the conversation right back to training, training, what fuel do I need before this event and after this event? And what On sports drink ride. do I need? Yeah, exactly. and it brought it to the event and to uh, the
0: X's and O's more the, the the, yeah. the, 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 the prescription, right. Versus lifestyle.
1: Right. And I th- you know, cause that's the harder piece. Nobody wants to look at, the conversation that comes up in their head when they're, you know, choosing to skip a meal or, you know, they have lots of excuses for that. Well, I'm busy or I have to get my training in, or now I have to feed the kids and now I have to, you know, and to say that I don't or you don't run into those same excuses sometimes. Mm -hmm. But if we do, we know enough. That's why we had a shitty workout. Like we know why it was or, um, or we work, you know, a little bit later in the day to, to correct yeah, you know, whatever came up. But athletes or you know, my clients in, in general, sometimes um, they don't want to look at the hard stuff, the emotional piece, the habits, slowing down to eat, not eating in your car. Those are the harder things because they have to change their lifestyle. And it takes time, focus, energy, and work. And education and education. You know, education. You know I've, I have a consultation coming up that um, and if you're listening, you know who I'm talking, you know, I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, a, a conversation about, hey, I've I've done this program and that program and I've spoken to many nutritionists and I know in the past I know what to do, um, but I don't. And that's the perfect example of our conversation isn't about what healthy foods are or what the composition of your most know diet that. most looks
0: know like. That. Yeah,
1: you know, our work, my work with him, is going to be more about you know making observations and determining you know what are the roadblocks, what are the emotions, what are the habits, what are you know what did you develop as a child that is interfering with you making the right choices. And second of all, you're the adult in the house. So where's the food coming from that's coming into your house, you know, and is your partner enabling that? Or, you know, who's buying it, who's bringing it, who's cooking it, and why? If you know it's the wrong choice, you know that, you know, you have a family history of two parents that passed away from chronic disease that's preventable. You know, why are you still making those choices? And those are the hard questions and the things that people don't want to address and come so often with making, you know, nutritional choices and changes.
0: Yeah, it's the rituals, right? People don't like to step out of their routines that they realize are embedded deeper and deeper in their psyche. Uh, They don't realize how food has been embedded in their psyche as well as these rituals that have been in place for Decades well, right. when they've been little children.
1: Absolutely. We often reward our kids, um, you know, and I try not to, or we talk about it. Um, with, you know, well, if you guys do well with this or whatever, as a reward, we're going to get ice cream, you know, it, food shouldn't be a reward. It's okay to let the kids have ice cream now, every now and then it just it shouldn't be associated with it. A reward that creates an emotional or, connection. Early you know, on. Exactly. I sometimes hear, well, you know, my daughter has PMS, so I just, you know, cuddle on the couch with her and eat ice cream. So you're teaching her. There's an emotional component to food that, well, when I feel crappy, you know, I'm going to eat ice cream and everything will feel better we're developing those habits in our children and some of the habits were developed as children and it takes the awareness to undo that um, which is the hard work
0: yeah and that's what we talk about with lifestyle too in this time and how to make this stoppage time work for us if we can in this time learn to eat better and we're not talking perfection here we're just talking small little adjustments and see how they feel noticing huh i didn't realize i'm always buying this I, i never really thought it through i just thought they were fine right
1: um or i have another client i mean on that it's like this you know buying food it's like another client that well i raid my husband's stash and of crackers or whatever it is that she doesn't want to eat but then he had you know this chocolate bar sitting out on the counter for you know days and i didn't touch it well i'm like why not let's try not hiding the food because the fact that the food is hidden in the first place is probably your cue or your emotional cue or as a child you you know had to sneak to get things you know and there is a long history with this person um but you know what can i what if i just don't hide food then do i not have the same emotional response or i don't feel like i you know am doing something or getting away with something bad you know what is that response what is what are the habits where is the emotion that's involved with that and covering that is
0: yeah and what we i mean this is a great time to work on what we have in the house right and switching that up and see what the results are from that right and we said everything slowed down here we're training less. So see how our inputs and our outputs could be adapted or adjusted or changed or recognizing how emotionally we're connected to certain foods and just not having them. Or, I mean, there's so many different relationships with food that so many athletes um, are looking to avoid, yeah. right? Like, let's talk and about the-, the biggest elephant in the room. It's always when, when you're talking in endurance and an ultra endurance crowd, you're also talking that food becomes something they justify with the training volume they're doing. But now things are a little bit upside down because they're not doing the training volume that they usually are doing because the events are off the future you know, table um, for the next few months. They're struggling with motivation in some aspects, which is a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. But that ties into all this. Like I ate, I did a lot. Cause it allowed me to eat and have this relationship with food. That's all. Lifestyle. Well,
1: women, especially, I think have this uh,
0: guys. also. Yes, I mean, I mean guys. I, well, you've come across plenty I have, of guys. I have. Yeah. It's
1: a different, you know, women and men and their relationship with food is slightly different, but sometimes the same outcome. But, um, you know, this idea of, I can only work out or I can only eat if I did enough training. No. You know, they have that mindset that's detrimental and the other thing is I often run into, and especially, I mean, even with the teenage athletes that I um, just recently worked with was, you know, well, I didn't do as much this day, should I? so should I not eat many calories this day? Mm-hmm. And I did more training the other, the next day, so is that how many calories, you know, worrying about that and what I try to... S- Get them to understand is that even though you didn't maybe train a lot that day You did a lot the day before that you likely didn't eat enough for Mm. Um, So working on more finding a consistent Just like you do with training. Yeah, no huge swings, no huge swings and know that the days that you didn't train a lot You didn't train a lot because you're recovering or repairing from a big workout So nutrition is just as important on that day as it was the day before, because that's when your body is absorbing and rebuilding and um, regenerating for the next workout. And if you take that day as a, you know, lower calorie day and you decide to not give yourself much food, it has nothing to repair
0: the body with. Well, and also the quality of repair right i mean that's right. the other thing and and we treat our bodies on the one hand we you know we get these beautiful bikes and the great running shoes and the this and that right like the highest quality of things we put we drive nice cars or whatever it is like there's so many areas in our life where we could say we're putting high quality into our lives but yet the thing that we're putting in our body
1: That actually, the food, and I've said this before, you guys have heard it and anybody who's worked with me, the food that you put in your body literally makes your body. So your cells and your tissues and your tendons and your muscles are constantly regenerating, um, some faster than others, um, but it can only repair with what you give it internally. So the food is your biggest, is your only It's what your body uses to repair. So if you give your body damaged cells, um, damaged food, you create damaged cells. And that's just, it's that simple. Yeah, lower
0: quality is lower quality quality cells that make up the rest of our body. Yes,
1: and a collection of damaged cells creates disease. I mean, that's just the way it works. It doesn't have to be, well, what creates cancer or what creates... We know what creates that. I mean, by lifestyle, by you know, maybe not down to the nitty gritty. I'm not saying I know the cure for cancer or anything like yeah. that. I'm, let's just blanket that. But I'm just saying we chronic, know disease. chronic disease is yeah. 80% preventable. Yeah. Um, And the fact that, you know, I mean, we've talked about that. I don't know if we want to go down this road, but, you know, given this environment, that's yeah. why not do the one thing that we can control. And, you know, in our In our country, one in four Americans has a chronic disease, and that leaves us very vulnerable to picking up extra viruses and, you know, bacterias and other things that may come about that are going to come about this to think this is the last thing that's going to come about. So the only thing that we can do to reemerge into the world is to make sure and take care of our our health. And, you know, when you think about who you want to be or what you want to accomplish on the other side of this, it can only be done if you're healthy. And if you're, you know, hiding away in your house because you have some pre-existing condition or or something, you know, work on your health so that you can get out and be doing what you want to do in the world. Because a healthy body should be able to fight off.
0: Yeah, a virus virus. Um, and that's
1: just
0: (laughs) yeah i mean we we all have seen the numbers lately and i've been talking about this on the last few podcasts about health and being wealth right now and it's it's being shown whether it's in the data coming back on the first few months of this pandemic of the healthier you are the less susceptible you are the stronger you are from an immune system and the less you are vulnerable with regards to chronic disease um, the better off that the numbers are so in your favor we're talking in the 90th percentile of how you you might not even show any symptoms um it's they're seeing more and more clearly that those with chronic disease issues or that are sick
1: Chronic disease is our pandemic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's, exactly. I mean, that's the but, real, and you the know, virus. 500,000
1: people a year die from chronic disease. Yeah. So, um, you know, that is the truth, in my opinion, and humble opinion, um, of what's going on here. And, well, and the virus
0: is what a lot of doctors and, are saying is just unmasking that.
1: Right. And yeah. people... You know, it's scary to think people are just sitting around waiting for another drug or a vaccine to fix it when you've got all the tools and the control yourself. I mean, sure, again, some people have you know genetic disadvantages or have other illnesses or had something going on. And I'm not discounting any of that. Believe me. I'm just saying that a lot of us have the tools at our fingertips to take better care of ourselves. And we that's what we should be focusing on these months so that when we come back and we have new opportunities to travel or to be amongst groups of people that you feel confident and you feel safe
0: and strong and vibrant and healthy but also back to the beacons of light that we are we have an opportunity in this time because the audience listening to this is pretty active is pretty aware right so when you talk about lifestyle it's also showing and leading and modeling the way of this is how it can be done and small adjustments in our lifestyle when we're teaching our kids when we're teaching our neighbors when we're as in not teaching literally teaching but showing them how we care for our body via nutrition and what we put into it that's what I'm sort of shifting with lifestyle yeah and
1: I think you know the way I live and I think you live um
0: I live how you live. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, we have some differences. <laughs>
1: um, but I go back to, you know, I had an experience a few years ago where, you know, I had a mammogram or something. You know, the doctor called me at eight o'clock at night to tell me that I, you know, was at extreme risk for breast cancer. And, um, you know, and I asked how she got the data. And it's just plugging these numbers into a computer takes into zero account of my lifestyle. And then, just for joking, with not joking, because I've obviously get a call from a doctor at eight p.m. on a weeknight. Your your heart stops a little bit, but you know, being told that you know my risks um, or what to do to not you know prevent breast cancer best I can. That's how I live my life. Like right, I live. Um, I'm active, I don't eat sugar, you know, like, I eat a healthy diet, all these things. And I said, well, you're telling me that I'm at risk, but yet I do everything on the list to prevent breast cancer. So there's a certain part of me that I'm not afraid of it, right? Because I'm doing what I can. The rest is out of my control. And I guess when I think about re-entering, you know, in this pandemic, or, you know, in the beginning, when it came out, you know, are we going to wear masks? And are we going to wash our hands? Of course, you're going to do what you can to control it. But the biggest thing I can do to control it is to take care of myself. And then I have to be okay. I can't live in fear of walking outside and getting sick. It's just, I'm doing, I have to feel comfortable doing what I can control. And yeah, that's, and so no. I, I would and wish j- that upon everybody. Yeah. Do what you can control and then be and we okay talk with about the that. things you can't.
0: We talk about that. So um, exercise and what we're doing in training is one of the things we can control. We can control the time that we go out self-care and self care and so forth.
1: But if you exercise without the, it, train a ton, without the, nu- yeah. without the without yeah. the nutrition piece, you actually put yourself at risk. Exactly. And we talked about this a little bit on the podcast in that, or your Zoom call with your clients, in that you know somebody was doing a big event
0: um with the yeah. 48 hours of-
1: you know and it was important this was a couple of weeks ago and you know everybody was still in shelter in place and going you know which many people still are but you know the importance of knowing that your immunity drops after a big training or a mm. big event
0: um or co- and, or multiple days of, of big multiple training. days
1: and so you know that you have to be aware of and again consistently taking care of yourself and you know rebuilding and replenishing yourself yeah otherwise your training is going to be detrimental
0: right? yeah I mean there's two it's things true. in there one is those are more the exception these days the big yeah. training because we're just not able to and with no events I've actually shifted and you and I talked about this um offline the other day which was I've actually shifted most of my athletes towards a lighter load not a light load but just lighter than without events. Because exactly that. I don't want to burn them out, deplete them, use resources mentally, physically, and spiritually that they don't need yet. Right. And I think
1: there's an underlying component of stress that people are not taking into account. That maybe you feel grateful and happy you have extra time with your family. Or
0: um, that you have a job. Or that you have a
1: a job or or many of those things. But this environment is bizarre and something no Living humans have ever experienced before. And the underlying stress that has been sitting with all of us does take a toll. Oh, yeah. And so I think some people think or underestimate how that may be affecting either their sleep or activity level and as well you know, as, recovering. As, in as recovery. As well yeah. As
0: well yeah. As well. But the second component there too is again, if I'm going to control what I take care of or if I'm going to control certain things. I'd rather control that from the inside out, that envisioning that my body from the inside out is strong versus protecting myself from the outside with masks and a bunch of gloves and clothes exactly. and they, and and not let anything in. I'd rather have the strength pushing out versus creating a bubble on the outside around me.
1: Because you can't possibly exactly. create, you can't say... You know, I had to go get blood today or I have to go to the PT for my hamstring. Like, I have to do stuff that is going to put me in an environment that I may touch something or I may breathe something in, you know. Um, But I have to know, again, internally, I am doing
0: what I can can to
1: keep strong and to keep a healthy immune system and to be able to fight off whatever is to come my way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even, I mean, you and I obviously talk about this, these things a lot, and I, I ruminate. <laughs> yeah, I ruminate on them, but even in a maybe bad example way, but if you're struggling with a career or a job, right? And you've lost a job, um, and here you are. You have an opportunity to hopefully, in the second half of the year, or whatever the scenarios may be, to work on finding work and getting out there again if you're healthy and fit in order to do that versus suffering from constantly being sick or being worried about getting sick when you're out looking for a job or what you're how you're interacting with people because that's still going to be a big requirement there's so many scenarios where being healthy and fit is only going to help you Even if you're not struggling with a job, but you have a good job, but that you can go back and advance yourself again because you represent and you've worked hard on staying healthy and fit. I mean, there's no downside to it. And so in this time, really being aware and putting some thought into what is it that I can do? and that's probably the lifestyle question what is it i can do to be better suited better equipped or have had made some small adjustments to my nutrition to my how i eat not just <laughs> training and race nutrition yeah. um,
1: it's your everything. going forward
0: going forward and if that alone is a, an outcome from this time that is a r- amazing outcome. Well, and I Benefit. think it needs
1: to be written down and put on your bulletin board in front of you. <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, these ideas that were like, oh, I really want this to be different, or I want to keep this, you know, the second life gets busy again, some of those might be forgotten. Um, but what I was going to say with that, the other big piece of, you know, making changes or observations is you have to make observations along the way, like you guys fill out, most of you, if you work with Chris, you fill out a, a training log. And that's sort of your log to, you know, if you didn't ever write it down or think about it, sometimes you think, well, I'm not making any progress. I mean, I'm pretty good at that line, <laughs> <laughs> um, especially to the coach. Um, I'm not making any progress or, you know, what are we doing here? I just don't feel like things are going right. But Chris can take you through the training log and take you back a couple of weeks or a couple of months and say, "Well, that's just simply not true. Look at where you were a couple of months ago. Look at where you are now." The same thing comes with nutrition. I feel like if you don't make any observations or even notes about it um, about how you felt, you know, the small changes, sometimes I hear, "Well, I gave up gluten, dairy and sugar and alcohol, and I didn't notice any difference. <laughs> that's just bullshit right like you can't give up those things and notice nothing you're not yeah. being observant yeah. but my point is i guess is that if you make observations about you know maybe even a little chart or a notebook or you know what's my energy level on a scale of one to ten what's my digestion or what's my Sleep, you know body or, image you know how do right. i feel about myself you know, making small notes about that or, you know, how did I feel after I, ate, you know, here's one I hear. Um, well, at the end of a long training week, I reward myself with ice cream, but then I feel like crap after eating it. And then it keeps me from not eating it for a week. Well, write that down because don't you want to think about that before you eat the whole container of ice cream? Why do you want to eat something that makes you feel yeah. so bad? Yeah. Yeah, but if you forget to write it down or, you, for, you know, you, you don't have any reference, it sort of leaves your memory yeah. So making observations about how you feel when you eat certain things or how you feel now versus making some of the changes, you know, in a couple months. How do well, you Well, how, you know, how you're sleeping, you how you're growing, how
0: you're resp- recovering from workouts, how your how energy levels are throughout your day, how your cravings are. I mean, there's... So many ways to capture what nutrition can do for you um, and how you're feeling. And depending what your
1: goals are for changing it, It obviously helps determine what notes you're taking. But
0: But it's a growth period. This, again, can be an opportunity and a growth period, and especially in nutrition. So... What are some recommended or what what have you seen or what can you think of that are some small lifestyle? Because we're we're trying to keep this conversation around lifestyle adjustments that Mm -hmm. we could be making in these months. Because we still, yeah, we're going into phase two in a lot of places here of coming out of this. And there's some things opening, but, you know, it's still takeout. You know, we're not going to bars or restaurants. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not really traveling for business yet. Um, all those things are still an opportunity life is ever so gently speeding up again not speeding it's starting to crawl (laughs) so we still have an opportunity to make these subtle adjustments and again how can we kick out of this as better athletes and then therefore as better human beings because this translates to your children to your better half to to the people around you to your you know loved ones how you model the way and what people... I always say on this podcast, people don't realize, we as athletes often don't realize how much of an impact we're having on the people around us. Well,
1: that's what I was going to say. I think, you know, there's a couple of things I've been telling either groups that I've been talking to or people that I've worked with um, as far as making small changes. And, you know, one of the first things I think, and we've been talking about it this whole time, is awareness. So I do think you need to start with a food log some sort you know i obviously i love an app because i find it more educational in that it it actually calculates you can see when i tell you plus you can scan things it makes it a heck of a lot easier um you know i'd say about half the athletes i work with we have um you know stumbling blocks over getting the food log started and that's around you know not wanting to admit What you're eating. Oh, it's psychological. Making those observations. So I think you can't get from point A to B if you don't know what A is. Yeah. Like you can't.
0: Well, we say the same thing with training. We can't get to where we want to go if we don't don't start where we are,
1: or we know where you are. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, So I think starting observing your nutrition, either in a food log or a journal, and you know, really, truly being honest with yourself for a period of time maybe a week is a great start um i think you know it chronic disease is spread by you know our our social network you know it's how you choose your friends or what you do with your friends or family or you know how that is so you know another thing is if you are struggling with this reach out to somebody you know even if it's another athlete or if it's another Um, family member or a friend or a colleague and ask them to be an accountability buddy. And, you know, whether that's um you know, like I said, a friend, it's maybe it's you're reaching out for your benefit, but that person's also gonna gain too. Because if they're the ones helping you, they're gonna be like, oh shoot, I should I should get myself together too. You know, that helps two of you or three of you or whatever small group you, you create and share, you know, I did this with the teenage kids, you know, it's like Share in a little group text what you cooked or what you, you know, set up a healthy network for yourself. Um,
0: You also talked about in another podcast that, um, you know, expanding your um, menu with maybe one item this week or one item this month that you then rotate into your life, even on the other side of this, because yeah. you like it. It's something new. It's good. Everybody in the family seem to like it or you seem to like it if you don't have a family. And now you've upped your game.
1: Well that's another reason why I like the food log and app right. It gives me like a good one. And I um you know the one I use is chronometer and it's still free to everybody to use it. Um, not for me to see you, but um, (laughs) for you guys to use it. And it's great because it gives you nutrition information. You know, this isn't a calorie in, calorie out question, right? It's it's what your calories are comprised of and whether you're getting the nutrition that you need. And the, uh, you know, an app will show you, look, I get no zinc. I do not get any folate. I do not get any vitamin E. And then you can quickly go to Google and type in foods with vitamin E Mm -hmm. and oh, look, sunflower seeds. Like Mm -hmm. I can add sunflower seeds and get a nutrient that I wasn't getting. You know, it can be that simple. Um, We all get into the habits and a routine of eating certain foods. Um, Chris knows what that's like. (laughs) Chris and I couldn't be more opposite in food choices. I never eat the same thing twice rarely cook the same thing twice you you don't you
0: can't cook the same thing twice because you never follow a recipe so we have something really delicious one day and i'm like wow this is awesome let's make this again
1: you'll never see it again
0: it's not awesome
1: and chris eats the same thing every day for breakfast and lunch
0: yes i'm a root habit and routine guy but but that's why from a lifestyle aspect i can relate like how long did it take me to switch over from realizing Food with regards to a loaf of bread every time I showed up when you were yeah. cooking dinner to now like my bread consumption okay it's in the morning yeah um, but that's it's gone down dramatically I don't need to he eat a loaf.
1: four kids that, that uh, fight for the bread too. yeah that's true <laughs> if it were up to me we wouldn't have any of it but. Um,
0: But But, yeah, some variety,
1: and what I'm saying is that's why I like logging a food in an app or something, because you can actually look at the nutrition, and you know, choosing something, like I said, that you're missing, and you discover a new food, Mm -hmm. and and, um, round out your nutritional needs a little bit better.
0: What other things can we do in this time? So we talked a little bit about experimenting. What is it we can do to experiment in this time? When we say experimenting what could that be
1: as far as cooking
0: as far as nutrition like let's say what we said fasting oh, is it, yeah.
1: right? so we were talking last night about um you know often people doing a cleanse I, I was saying i have a few clients that um you know sometimes people benefit there's a time and a place for a cleanse or a fast. you know elimination mm-hmm. diet or potentially a fast and um if you're trying to use it as a stepping stone for change, Mm -hmm. not just as a quick weight loss tool. I just want to be clear on that. I do not really think that's um, beneficial. Well,
0: change as well as a reset, right? Like a reset. um, Yeah. Some people
1: need to really see some quick results for them to embrace why they have to even work on nutrition, Mm -hmm. right? Like if they've, you know, struggled for jumping from diet to diet or, um, you know, talking to me is just another, you know, I have to work on my nutrition, it becomes like a mind game, right? And they like to see... But if they see some quick results quickly and then we jump into, you know, why these things are working and what lifestyle changes. And sometimes it's a better conversation. Anyway, mm-hmm. we were saying, you know, now might be a better time than others to to play with that because your training is down.
0: Your training you is know. down. There's you know, no urgency towards events. If you have... You're not freaking out that your volume... I, you know, right. I
1: mean, some people have... I've I've talked to several of you that have digestive issues but you don't really want to address it, right? Um because and just accept that that's part of being an athlete, which it's not. Um Yeah,
0: I mean, but now's
1: the time, you know, to to change the diet or experiment with an elimination diet or to use a cleanse and try to figure out which foods are your problem. Um I take mean, that time would be to, an
0: amazing outcome of right, this time, right? That t- you've narrowed it down to know Because time slowed down a little bit and you had no events and your training moment that you can kick out of this knowing, Wow, if I don't have these. That bar I was eating
1: every single time I I went for a run was ruining me.
0: Exactly. Or like if I eat more protein in the morning, it is remarkable what kind of energy I have in the afternoon. I don't crash. Or I mean there's a hundred Which is a
1: which is a tip that most athletes need Need, is more protein in the morning because our typical breakfast foods aren't, you know, full of protein. They're full of sugar and carbohydrates. Um,
0: yeah, so, I mean, th- those. Are, this might be a time to learn more about that and and taking some action because, again... But
1: knowing why, like, I mean, you've always talked about what the intention is. Yeah. Not just saying, oh, I'm going to do a fast or, oh, I'm going to do a cleanse or, oh, I'm going to do a, you know, well, having a reason or intention and an, a desired outcome, you know, and if... True, but know, there's
0: also curiosity. This, is, this could be a time to yes, be but curious. In, in,
1: ab- but about what? About my digestion or about my energy levels or about my addiction to caffeine you know what is but there's
0: plenty of people who are curious out there because they see other people doing a fast or an elimination or well um you know fat adapting things like that again not saying it's a end-all be-all but if you're going to experiment with things and learn and try some different things, also because others are doing it, let's say no true intention, mm-hmm. but this might be a window to better control the inputs and the outputs because, again, you're home, you're not traveling, yeah. you're purchasing your own food, so you can manipulate your data successfully.
1: Yes, you can really make some clear observations exactly. because you're in one spot.
0: Yeah, And
1: I think, yeah, exactly, knowing um, how you feel and making the observations going into it making observations along the way.
0: Your environment is controlled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's a big thing from a lifestyle aspect, again, where we're learning who we are as athletes, but also as humans from a nutritional and a fueling aspect. And this is, again, something you can kick out of this, knowing yourself better from the inside out, truly. Mm-hmm.
1: so. Well, and feeling confident about what you're doing is going to put you in a... A good place Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that you feel you don't walk around outside your home in fear you feel confident and you feel strong and you feel healthy
0: yeah i mean and that's something that i've also received some questions on that with the reduced training volume and mileage is it a is it a time to you know lose weight and focus on so i'm training less So then should I also, of course, training less and backing off the caloric needs, that's a no-brainer. But that should, again,
1: with good observation, that should happen naturally.
0: Okay, let's go into that more because that's actually a good point. Um, Partially, there's a two-pointer that you talk about there. What you brought up earlier is feeling digestive issues or feeling um, indigestion or acid reflux or anything in your training is not a normal thing. And whether you're an elite athlete, a pro athlete, or a master's athlete, we should continue to progress as athletes. And nutrition is a huge component of that. And if it's sending us signals, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not something to address. And the second part of that- many
1: people just accept as normal. Exactly. And normal doesn't mean- okay
0: <laughs> yeah and so with that along those same lines if you are have a significant training volume now i don't know what everybody's training volume is unless they're my athletes uh, and what signifies significant for them but if you're doing endurance training at a significant volume focus so you should not have a hard time to stay lean or Right? Um, No. Will you lose twenty pounds right away? Like X, Y, Z? Just because you depends
1: where you start. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But again, that should be a signal that something isn't happening, right? right? And that something isn't right. Something that you and I talk about all the time, and that my athletes are hearing more and more about, that your clients always hear about, is, and this is a great time to work on that as well, is, I eat super clean. I eat super healthy, right? And then what do we always respond? Well, it's a question of if your body's actually absorbing it just because you're eating super clean, but you have a gut issue or you have some other issue, that's great, but it might just passing right through you and you're not getting the benefits and and the value from it.
1: Yes, and there's so many reasons why a body would hold on to weight. And you know, in that scenario where maybe the body isn't... um, absorbing or having you know issues digestive issues um it's inflammation in your body right so sometimes it's hard to tell whether the body is holding on to fat or whether you are holding on to you know systemic levels of inflammation because what you're doing isn't working for you um well there's, there's a stress
0: a, elsewhere that it needs that that inflammation yeah because i had a
1: conversation yesterday that you know hey i used to have a lot of digestive issues and you know part of, part of, um, my issue because I wasn't absorbing what I was eating, you know, I was losing weight. Well, now I'm gaining weight and I don't really like it. This person didn't, doesn't feel the weight is appropriate, you know, but isn't it because my digestion is better and I'm now just absorbing my food. And, you know, while it sounds logical (laughs) and it could be, but It's not a straight answer because no, maybe her body has hit a certain point where instead of, um, you know, the inflammation, because her issue isn't resolved uh, whatsoever, if the issue is now causing levels of inflammation that are causing her to retain water or hold on to extra weight or whatever that is. Protecting itself. Yes. I, you know, so I don't have that answer, you know, for her right away, but, um, you know, it's a possibility or, you know, it's a thyroid issue or like there's a gazillion reasons why our body may not be letting go of unwanted weight, but um, you are correct in that a healthy body given the right nutrients should sustain a healthy weight. And the other thing I think sometimes People have their own perspective of what a healthy weight is. And our perspective doesn't necessarily come from how our own body is built. Mm -hmm. The perspective comes from looking at professional athletes or magazines or Instagram or whatever. And they develop this perception of what a healthy body should be. Then they look at their own and say, well, mine's not healthy Mm -hmm. um, when, you know, that's not perception itself is what's not healthy so i think um you know developing a sense of you know what your genetics are how you're built what your what your body type is and accepting that
0: and how do we determine that i mean we determine that by observation yeah by how we feel by food logging by being aware that these foods i don't respond well with or to right and so, so you
1: have to keep observations and logs and exactly. make notes about that stuff or you know it's like oh i just ate something weird and i had a bad run well yeah. if that conversation keeps coming up then maybe you should start tracking yeah you know what maybe you ate something weird what yeah. is that and why does it keep happening
0: yeah um well it's also so, so, so. from a from a training aspect there's a timing question too the quality of food you're eating along with the time you're eating it, too close to a run, too close to a workout, those interplay as well. But that's getting more into the weeds. The yeah. The main point there is it should not... The body's always sending us signals, and we just have to start listening.
1: Exactly, and that's a whole other, I think, podcast. Yeah. But And the other thing about the body is it's dynamic. It's always changing. People like to stay in well i've been doing this for years and it works and now it all of a sudden doesn't work what's wrong yeah well your body isn't
0: there's your new normal and the new normal constantly
1: changing it's constantly dynamic you know has so many different inputs from the environment from you know emotional from work from um family from training you know those and that's the other, you know, like it's seasonal, I mean, your training doesn't stay the same. And certainly it doesn't stay the same because your body doesn't stay the same. Yeah. <laughs> so your nutrition can't always stay the same. Yeah. I mean, there's certain guidelines and, you know, that we, we strive for, but Um, I've talked
0: about that a lot. Body is dynamic. Yeah. What I used to eat during ultra endurance event versus what I eat now. I mean, I couldn't come close to being successful for, you know, an Ironman or a hundred mile run off of what I used to eat.
1: Yeah. Well, that's funny. One of the things, and maybe I'm going off track, but one of the things, and I think this is something I wanted to touch on earlier when we were talking about it, but sometimes people, say well i don't want to i don't want to give up gluten or something because then i've heard you get more sensitive to it you know and it's it's absolutely not true right it's like maybe you take it away and you observe how sensitive you are to it like caffeine because before you just got used to this level of inflammation or sensitivity whatever that was your normal and then once you got off of it and you felt better and your body now resided to this lower level of inflammation and you know stress, mm-hmm. per se, um, then when you add the gluten back in, you notice it right away because your body has reset at a new lower normal. So it's not by taking – if you're not sensitive to gluten and you take it away and then you add it back in – you You're, not know, <laughs> You're not sensitive. You're yeah. not sensitive. But if you take it away and you add it back in, you are sensitive. You were sensitive before. Yeah. It doesn't just happen because you took it away. Yeah. It just you have a new normal yeah. um, from doing such a
0: thing. What I'm hearing here, which is interesting, um, you know, having done so many of these podcasts and how I talk about training, nutrition is almost the exact same thing.
1: <laughs> it's, I've said it many times. Before. I know. But it's yeah. like
0: it's like logging. Logging, observations. inputs, observations, growth, adapting, applying, redoing, and continuing to grow exactly. from there. And it's
1: exactly why I can't answer the question, what should I eat before
0: whatever? Same as I can't answer <laughs> the question when athletes ask me, well, what does a training week look like? I'm like I have no idea. I have no
1: idea. I mean, again, you know, there's certain guidelines, like concepts, yeah. Certain, um, you know, we need protein, we need fat, you know. But but how your body does on, you know, twenty percent protein and you know the mix of carbohydrates and fats, like I don't know, and I don't know until you do it, and we make observations and we make changes. Exactly the same. That's how we figure it out. I say Um, with training, in
0: order to build your training plan, I need to see what you get in, how you get it in, how you're recovering from it, what your lifestyle is, what your hours you work are, and then how you feel at the end of a week, and then how quickly you recover. So very, very similar. So training, the concept of training, which is stress plus recovery equals growth and adaptation, is similar here of necessarily the stress of nutrition, but the input, plus the recovery phase being the awareness and the observation and how you feel equals growth. Because from there, yeah.
1: Stress, nutrition nutrition can be stress. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah sorry. Yeah. You know, on a, on a body that's having difficulty absorbing nutrients for whatever reason, um, given the wrong foods or foods that aren't, you know, and again, not picking on plant-based stuff, but, you know, plant foods are not as bioavailable available, available mm-hmm. um right like getting iron from a kidney bean is more work for the body than it is from you know a piece of red meat and i'm not yeah. saying one is better than the other or you should tackle one it, again given it's just, it is what it, it's, it it's is certain scenarios and whatever is <clears throat> going on with the body but sometimes a you know it'd be on a sick body or a body that's having challenges it is stressful more stress on a sick body to try to get nutrients out of a food that it's not readily available Mm. Um, whereas like you know in that scenario a a well-cooked slow-cooked long-houred cooked -cooked meat would be easier for a sick body to get the iron out that Mm. it needed versus you know two cups of kidney beans is stressful for the body but that that brings
0: (laughs) up something else though that you've talked about before and that is when you're depleted, or maybe I'm terming the question wrong, but um, when you're, it will find what it needs elsewhere. So if you're depleted in one nutrient area, it'll take from another sp- uh, spot to get what it needs, the body. We've talked about that. Whether So if you're depleted from your training, mm-hmm. and um, it will and you're not feeding it a certain food it needs or a nutrient it needs, it will take take it from elsewhere. It will get what it needs, but it'll break down muscle, or it'll liver, or, you know.
1: Well, and if it can't stop breaking down, I think maybe what you're referring to is like when we eat uh, white food or flowers or sugars or something, it has zero nutrients in it. So it has to steal from our nutrient reserves in our body.
0: that's but what I meant. Yeah, if
1: you get to a certain level of deplete depletion, like say iron, like there isn't, you know, I, it's something I struggle with. Right? Yeah. There's nowhere in my body for it to steal from. It just doesn't exist. So then, you know, I'm currently suffering but but, a, a high level of fatigue. So, yeah, my but body, it's stealing
0: energy, it's stealing. Yeah. It's slowing you down and forcing you to sleep more or be lethargic or have this fatigue level, mm-hmm. right? And that's. Same as, and that's the other thing I wanted to bring up about this time, which is something we can walk away from this time from, and I know you and I just keep talking, (laughs) but but, um, is in this time coming out of the fog of fatigue that we're often in with training and now having an awareness like, wow, I didn't realize how tired I was. And I am actually feel refreshed now where I'm observing different things in my body because I'm training less and I'm not as tired. And so maybe I'm recognizing I don't need that much training. Right. I can go through better cycles of training so I can keep refreshing myself. Similarly with nutrition, using this time of coming out of the routines and rituals and habits of that's, well, that's just how I feel with food and resetting. Mm -hmm. and taking a break and whether it's elimination diet or whether it's fasting or if it's even just slowing down and eating different foods and seeing how you feel it's just an opportunity to sort of recognize wow i didn't realize how good i can feel by eating less but of the right foods or of eating high quality foods and And, um, with the usual pace of life and the urgency we have towards events and kids and they eat and mindlessly and, and mean, exactly. don't
1: know what they're eating or never feel satisfied because you actually don't, the body is a chemical reaction. I mean, and if you don't sit down and properly, and it's meant to go through the digestive process in a certain way. And when we skip steps, yeah. the body doesn't register as being satisfied. So, you know, you then keep eating to get that level of
0: satisfaction. And those, and those sensories go away quite honestly oh yeah and if, if there's if you're companies. If you're not smart about sensory food about sensing your food we from an evolutionary standpoint have survived because we've tried foods plants animals whatever it is through our evolution and because of our awareness and our senses and our feel for it avoided or ate more of and if we don't continue to
1: yeah, well, that, and there are companies, or, you know, processed food industry, there are really smart people pouring tons of money into putting chemicals in the food so that those senses are ignored and you keep eating. Um, so the closer you get to food without chemicals and natural foods and whole foods, the better off you are, and then you can actually trust your body and listen to your body so when your foods are cleaned up your body tells you what it needs yep. if you are all of a sudden you know another one of my pregnant clients you know if she was trying to do vegan but all of a sudden you know she's craving red meat and burgers well your body is telling you what you need you're creating a, a baby a human you know you need your blood volume is doubling you need iron and you need it. Readily available, you can't eat enough kidney beans for that, right? Like so, listening to your body. However, if you were eating, you know, a bunch of processed foods, and that's your diet,
0: those signals, you know, those, those receptors signals, are turned off.
1: Yes, they put a lot of a lot of work and a lot of research and and a lot of money into the food industry so that those receptors turn off. And sometimes, given how long you would do it. Um, You screw up your metabolic system and those signals and it takes a lot and in some cases doesn't get undone.
0: Yeah, it doesn't get undone. But it's interesting too, they might put a lot of time and effort and engineering into turning them off, but they also do some work to turn them on. For example, Impossible Burgers and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. They try to awaken and turn on the receptor artificially of red meat. By eating a burger. Yeah, don't even get me started. It's it's crazy how they're, (laughs) but that just shows how we are being manipulated and a time to reset and to pull back everything that's happening in our world right now, being reset in our cities and our environments and nature. And this is a microcosm of that, that we're able to reset and become more familiar with our lifestyle of food.
1: Yeah. I think we, you know, I've said from the beginning to, you know, in the beginning of all this, I had a lot of time to think cause I was sitting on a couch, <laughs> <laughs>
0: not able to move.
1: Um, but you know, the, one of the first thoughts that came to mind is that, you know, the, the universe pushed pause on so many levels and, I can't help but believe it's because our lifestyle simply wasn't sustainable. You know, the earth couldn't sustain it. You know, our stress levels couldn't sustain it. Our food consumption couldn't sustain it. The alcohol consumption. You well, know, there's so many, know, it might've up. gone up. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's just our so family, many, our
0: family life couldn't sustain Exactly. It. The, our uh, so I, our school. So many people
1: have valued, you know, the time with their family. And, um, you know, I just think that the universe had a message and it's a very bizarre way to convey it, but we weren't listening. We weren't listening on so many levels. And this has really awakened us to the things we were doing and what was detrimental to our health. And I think it's just a huge wake up call. And it's one of those things that if we listen, we can make changes that bring us happiness and health and joyfulness and all of those things going forward that we desire but if we succumb to the previous lifestyle we're going to end up right back where we were and
0: well we we know be mindful
1: about how we proceed
0: yeah we and do. that
1: may be uncomfortable, I think. Absolutely you know, well, this whole saying, thing is
0: uncomfortable. This
1: is but even, you know, being pressured, you know, to return back to work travel and whatever, it may be uncomfortable to say to your boss or whatever, you know what? I really enjoyed working from home, the time with my family, the meals at home. I would prefer if I could work XYZ. Yeah. It may take guts and on being uncomfortable and putting some risk out there to say that or to speak up, but I think, you know, being aware of what you're going to need to do in order to keep the things that are valuable to you is,
0: yeah, it's worth it. And this entire slowdown and this entire message, as you are saying, so perfectly right now, it would be for lack of a better term a shame, or it would be something we look back with regret that we didn't take advantage of it or didn't pull or see the signals and whether you believe this is a reset by the universe or some sort of signal or way to say it's not sustainable just at least take a little bit of time and say what are the things that i could be doing to make my and my loved one's life better and nutrition is a huge component of that huge component of that teaching generations to come in our little one-to-one way of how important it is and how it makes us feel and what effects it has on the environment on the farming on the choices we're putting in our body it's all there's so much entwined with it and so
1: our kids too you know i obviously i worry and more than most parents and it causes a place of tension but you know i am worried about our kids you know everybody's talking you know well the kids haven't really been affected and whatnot but the the things we're doing to our children right now you know allowing them to have maybe more snacks and treats because oops they're not with their friends or getting to do what they want keeping them inside and allowing them on more technology versus outside playing with their friends you know i worry that that's detrimental to their health at this point
0: um, and then it's the wrong reset button for it's, them.
1: For them, you know, I do. I think the kids will benefit from, you know, playing outdoor sports and being there. And, yeah. um, but anyway, we need to set that example for our kids and we need to, you know, be mindful of their health. In and we, they, they're watching us. So They many learn people. and I keep reminding myself <laughs> um, that even though my kids aren't doing what I want them to do, they're observing and I firmly believe that when our kids reach a point or anything comes that they they will know what to do or at least they'll know where to come but that we do need to pay attention to our future generations
0: well i think that's a good point to end on nutrition and the lifestyle in this current environment and we will have other things to talk about in the months ahead. So thank you for joining the podcast.
1: My pleasure.
0: All All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Emily. We are both quite passionate about the fields that we're in. And the interesting thing is they align quite well and they work in sync with each other. And hopefully you walked away from this conversation with some insights but a better high level understanding about how lifestyle and nutrition are closely aligned and how we can do little things that tie into a great performance gain overall when it comes to being the athletes that we want to be the best current version of ourselves as athletes and of course overall and of course the importance of this health and how health is wealth, and the topic I've been diving into the last few weeks on the podcast, especially in this time, and how our food choices, our nutrition choices, our nutrition lifestyle, and how we design that lifestyle can truly impact our current health and our current way that we navigate through this pandemic as well as through the new normal of the world around us in the next few months, possibly years so all right before we close out this podcast Hmm. and the the whatsapp chimes going off on my computer i wanted to touch on a few things one is the self-curated events that is that many of you are doing them and putting together some great ideas but i also wanted to offer my help send me an email if you need help in curating your own event or some ideas where you might be and how we might be able to take advantage of your local environment your local nature your local outdoors to put forth a self-curated event that's meaningful um, a bit scary really challenges you awakes some curiosity in you and that you and have an opportunity this summer to go and execute and do that there's many of these ideas out there and i would love to introduce you to them or connect you with them and so if you need help please feel free to send me an email that's always a great way for us to continue this conversation on something whether on the podcast or in in private if we just go back and forth on email i'm glad to offer that help speaking of self-curated events my summer is also starting to come together i'm seeing that i'm going to have a great week of cycling opportunity in a few weeks in park city meeting a few friends there to do some cycling and some trail running and just sort of spend some time in the mountains and exhaling, same thing. Um, And then also heading to Colorado later in the summer, not later in the summer, later this summer, more like July in order to do, again, a bunch of trail running and cycling. And the people I'm doing these events or these, uh, these weeks with, these days with, are quite fit quite strong and so it's motivating me to continue to build fitness and uh, stay connected to outstanding fitness which is the goal for all of us you know a lot of us are struggling with motivation these days and with that can envision close our eyes and envision a scenario by which you train let's say for an Ironman or for a 100 mile, or a 50 mile, or or an adventure, or an expedition, or the Olympics, or your biggest high school or college football game, or an event, or something like that that has the most meaning you've ever put behind an event, built a lot of training, and culminated to this moment for. And the Friday night before that Saturday event, you come down with a 24-hour bug. You are vomiting. You are sick. You have stomach issues. You can just not compete. And you pull the trigger at 2 in the morning before the 7 a.m. or the 5 a.m. start the next morning in a few hours. Now, I ask so many of my athletes, would you rather have it that way? Or would you like to find out months in advance, like we currently are, that our event is either canceled or postponed? And to most of them, I say, I would much rather find out that night of a few hours before. I would much rather lose the Super Bowl in the final two minutes of the game. I would much rather lose in game seven of the World Series in the bottom of the ninth inning than I would be out of contention a few months before the playoffs or a few weeks before the playoffs. I'd rather be in the arena in that case than not be there at all but shift that to i would rather have the months in some cases years if this is an olympic aspect or a world championships aspect or a world cup aspect we all know that there's events that take years to get to i would take that time All those experiences, all that fun, all those memories, all those trials and tribulations, all those lessons, all those failures, all those difficulties, all those Instagram moments, all those times, general times, all those experiences of each training day and the sacrifices I made. I would take all that, the camaraderie, the friendships, the bantering, the tears, the annoyance. living what living truly is i would take all that up to the day of the event because i have all that i had the full journey i had the full experience because i still got all the benefits of the training the growth the experience the process i would rather take that yes one single culminating day was taken from me I got sick, or I tripped on something and broke my wrist, or whatever it was. But all the other days are the value, is where the story is, is where life is in all those days accumulating to that day. Part of this process is the realization that life, all of life is unexpected, randomness, not controllable. You are on a path, we are on a path, I am on a path, and it's my path, it's your path. And while it currently feels like it's literally unfolding in front of you for each step you take, like in a cartoon or in a commercial, that each step you take, that path is sort of being assembled in front of you, and your next step, sort of the path, just sort of gets laid under your next foot stride, That's the weird time we're in, the fog we're in, the uncertainty we're in. It is still a path. And it is still your path. The path is being laid as you are taking your next step. And so where that takes you, you don't ever really know. We like to think we know. But as this time shows, we are never really in control. So instead, let's exhale stay true to our values our care for ourselves and those around us our interests our passions our truth and live life in the present for some of you that are disappointed regarding iron man events or your own events well first off iron man is a made-up event by a bunch of guys a random distance right we have placed so much value on it and i understand trust me i've been there I understand, but that doesn't necessarily need to be the only validation of our training. There are other ways. Those self-curated opportunities provide some, if not a lot of the same validating inputs. Sure, there's no podium, but is there really a podium unless you're actually winning these things? There are created podiums in my age group or men in my age group. Or actually men in my age bracket category, 45 to 49, 30 to 34. A small segment (laughs) of men in my age group that I'm competing against. But we're not really competing. If you look at it like that, competition is amongst the entire field. Men, women, old, young, you against the distance. Not you against the clock and some arbitrary number. Again, it's easy for me to say I've been on the other side of chasing that victory of an age group Ironman World Championship, right? It was for my little five-year age group. I get it. But I can say that to me, the motivation was in the process. It was from the inside out. I loved the training, the story. And it was funny that to me, and I talked about this on the podcast, my success came once I fully embraced that, once I fully took on the joy and the camaraderie and the experience and the love of training, the results happened by themselves. It happened to me in swimming and it happened to me in triathlon. By the time I hit trail running and some other um, events on, on a bigger world stage, I had already matured to that wisdom but before i had to stumble to a place of realizing this is way more fun way more meaningful way more enjoyable if i do it for the process in swimming it was realizing that when i didn't have my friends i didn't have my structure i didn't have my coaches i didn't have my community i didn't have All the things that I enjoy about the process of training, the stretch cords, the weight room, the travel, the to and from swim workouts every day on the German subway and the U-Bahn and the train uh, and the bus to get to the train, which got me to the subway, which brought me to the Olympic Stadium in Munich to swim. That was half the fun, meeting my friends along the way and us commuting together to the pool, having a fun pool workout, an effective pool workout where we all pushed each other. We bantered and were competitive with each other, but we never swam in the same events. It was because we all wanted to bring out the best in each other. That camaraderie, that intrinsic value, like this is important to me because I love how it makes me feel. And in triathlon, it got to a point where I realized... I love the training so much more than the events that self, training with my friends, being out in nature, doing things with my fitness that I never thought possible, riding for hours and days on end, running on trails, on mountains for hours on end, swimming in lakes, open water for hours on end. Excuse me. Stringing that together into the next experience, into the next trip, into the next training camp. I knew I was getting fitter just even amongst my friends because I could see how I was doing with them and how I was recovering and so forth. And moving on to the next adventure, it was never, um, not never, I shouldn't say that. It was no longer about this X marked on the calendar six months ago or X marked on the calendar in six months. In the present moment was the most enjoyment, most living most satisfaction most joy in the training it was in the present moment not thinking about tomorrow not thinking about what i had done in the past It was in the moment and so when we're struggling with motivation as we're thinking about this that's where we want to come from i told my athletes in some other emails The longer the distance, the less important the race, event, structure of it is. Since the longer we go, the more arbitrary a time is. When you run 100 miles, there's a start and a finish line. It's like a string, like a little banner. That's it. There's no hoopla because everybody knows just finishing 100 miles, just finishing 50 miles is the accomplishment. Whether you do it in 9 hours, 13 hours, 24 hours, 36 hours, it doesn't matter. It is still the accomplishment of finishing the event so can you do it on your own can you mark off of course so yeah you might go through the aid stations with a bit more urgency on a organized event than a self-curated event but that's also the beauty of strava and all the 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 social um, networks of athletic achievements these days there's accountability there there's results and practical podiums there too you can compare yourself if that's important to you which is fine as so many people are many people like that we can find anything we want to do and measure it however we want to measure it on our own i've recommended taking time off to athletes a week two weeks feel what no training is like feel what lack of routine and process is to the athlete Feel what truly is important to you. Off means nothing. No training. Zero. Sit with that discomfort. Sit with that annoyance, that impatience, that irritation. And let's capture what those feelings are like in a journal or whatever that is. How internal and external this training is for for you. Or is it only internal or is it only external? What is it? Where does the desire come from? From the outcome or from the daily journey the daily meditation the daily sensations the daily self-care the daily connection to your athletic self as i've talked about in the past motivation is fickle motivation is fickle i learned that from jocko willink some of you might not know jocko willink but he's a former navy seal commander and has a podcast the Jocko Show. He's written some great books on executive leadership, but he's also a very powerful guy in the way he communicates discipline and hard work and perseverance. I've come across him a few times in some of the operators I've worked with and being introduced in a variety of different angles and ways. It's how he lives to the core of the things he talks about. And one of the things he talks about is staying motivated. And I read from a book of his, don't worry about motivation. Motivation is fickle. It comes and goes. It is unreliable. And when you are counting on motivation to get your goals accomplished, you will likely fall short. So don't expect to be motivated every day to get out there and make things happen. You won't be. Don't count on motivation. Count on discipline. You know what you have to do. So make yourself do it. You do that with discipline. Everyone wants some magic pill, some life hack that eliminates the need to do the work. But that does not exist. No, you have to go out there and do the work. You guys have heard me on this podcast talk about it. You gotta do the work. You've got to hold the line. You've got to make it happen. So, Dig in, find the discipline, be the discipline, accomplish. That's it. While it's easy to read and it's easy to say, living it in this environment might not be easy, but we don't want easy. We didn't sign up for ultra endurance events and Ironmans and trail runs and self-curated adventures and expeditions and crazy things out there because it was easy. And to do things in a vacuum where everything's structured and works nicely and week builds upon week, and you have your goal out there and you go out and execute your goal and boom boom clean hands off you go you finished your iron man you got a little bit better than before you're continuing to progress forward that is all perfect in a vacuum but that's not like how life works life throws us the unexpected as i was saying life is unexpected randomness not controllable so going with that structure understanding that structure that life isn't linear life isn't controllable and expected of course it's not going to be easy of course life is going to throw us curveballs like this but those are the memorable moments i wrote the other day the sacrifices are always to be made it is never easy it is always difficult but the stories are written in those sacrifice. Life happens in those sacrifices. That's where the stories is. Stories are, excuse me, in the unexpected. In the unexpected is where the stories are. A story to be told for many years. How did you do this? How did we do all this? Which version would you like to be, see, experience? Because currently... The version that we're building in this time, in this pandemic, in this stoppage time, is an amazing opportunity to persevere more than before because of this adversity. In the face of this adversity to still achieve the outcomes we're looking to achieve, that is the athlete's mindset. That is your reward. You will remember That despite this time you persevered with all that you could have made excuses for, with all the things you could have suffered motivation for, with all the good reasoning on why you shouldn't have to train just as hard intentionally, clarity, and purpose, we will remember this time, this pandemic time. So how do you want to remember it? as a growth period, as a slingshot forward of health and fitness and strength and durability, a story to be told for many years, how you did this time despite the pandemic, how you seized a disappointing situation and transformed it into a memorable, positive, meaningful, joyful one. That's where we are with motivation. Have a great week, everybody. And as this time continues... And we continue to live in this pandemic cycle, this stoppage time, although we're gradually coming out of it ever so gently. Let's continue to remain in that space of staying healthy, stay safe, and stay positive.